welcome to the Words of Grace podcast, where we seek to clarify, amplify, and apply the Sunday morning sermon at Grace Community Church. From time to time, we'll address other topics. We hope these podcasts help you press the Word of God into your everyday life. Good afternoon. Today is November the 28th, and with Scott Patty, take three, Words of Grace podcast. <laughs> It usually takes us three times, and then we get our legs underneath us. Well, the technology doesn't. The technology, happen. yes. The technology never seems to work. So, uh, Welcome, Justin. Yes. <laughs> I'm with Justin Tucker. Yes. For the Words of Grace podcast. That's right. That's right. And we are the Sunday. This past Sunday was the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Yes. And, but we got to finish up and wrap up the book of John. I know it. We did. I and know. Uh, that was quite an experience. Yeah. To... I didn't know how to close the sermon. By the way, the sermon was a little longer than usual. Because you didn't want to close it. I didn't know how to close it. <laughs> no, I did. But yeah, yes, yeah, I know it, it was. Yes, we we did. We were in the final si- uh, sermon of the of the Gospel of John series after all these months, really over a year, mm-hmm. and uh, just really have enjoyed this time. And yeah. I'm trusting that the people of our congregation did as well too. Yeah. I don't know if I could feel it in the room when you said this is the last sermon from John, maybe because I could feel it, but kind of like, Oh, we're done. Yeah. Like, cause it was, it, like you said, it's been a very good book to walk through. Yeah, it, it has. We're going to talk about why yeah. in just a moment, but so, yeah, let's, start let's start there. with this Sunday. So we wrapped up uh, the book of John in John chapter 21, which is the the restoration of Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk a little bit about that sermon from Sunday, kind of where you were heading, what you were trying to pull out. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a fascinating just account, right. the, the narrative. I mean, yeah. to go through it, walk through it. That was my first point. A, you know, let's walk with Peter yeah. through the thing. And I say Peter because Peter's the, the focal point. I mean, Jesus right. is the focal point. But if right. you're going to pick a disciple, Peter... Is yeah. the focal point, and after Peter, John uh, is the focal point uh, of yeah. this last chapter. So Peter, and so a walk with Peter, and just the just walking through the narrative, and you know, trying to get yourself in his experience. Um, yeah. And I love the descriptive nature. You know, he it's Peter who says, "I'm going fishing." Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and uh, then it's it's Peter who has stripped himself of his outer garment for work. Yeah. I love that line. And then he puts it back on and throws himself into the sea yeah. to swim to G- to shore when he realizes it's yeah. Jesus on the shore telling them. Which, which you said, I think, in the sermon, we're like, you know, he did, did he ever think, well, I could just get in the boat when he, you do this? Yeah, he was in the boat. He could have just stayed in the boat. But no, yeah. not Peter. Yeah, Peter yeah. can't just stay in the boat. Yeah. You know, he's got to throw himself into the sea and swim ashore with a with an outer garment on. Yeah. Because it's Peter. Right. That's what that's Peter being Peter. Yeah. And uh and and then and then, you know, he hauls the the net uh from the boat to the to the shore and they count the fish, you know. Yeah. And then there's that part where he's restored by Jesus, yeah. the, the question, response, yeah. commission. And yeah. It's just a fascinating account yeah. of of what how John wrote it, what Jesus put Peter through, what Peter went through, yeah. and how it all ended. I, I just uh, so we had to walk through it yeah. first. Second thing I wanted for people to see is Jesus. Yeah, um, the way that the, the things about him that are revealed, some in very obvious ways, but yeah. some in not quite so obvious ways, like the fact that he knew everything. Yeah. You know, that's a theme throughout John that's kind yeah. of 
not as highlighted often um, is the is the knowledge of Jesus about things to come. Yeah, and about people's hearts. You know, he knew what was in the yeah. heart of people. It says, and so you see all that, and even coming out in John twenty one, where Jesus predicts how Peter's going to die. He knew. Uh, you know, and so things about Jesus we wanted to see. You know, his knowledge, his love, hmm. uh, his steadfast love, his his graciousness to restore. Um, you know, his power to keep. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are these are all the things, and then we ended with the final questions and call. Yeah, you know, have have we seen Jesus come and see? He started the yeah. gospel. Have we seen him? Do we believe these things are written that you might believe? And will we follow? That's how he ended up with Peter. Yeah. You follow me. Yeah. So what a way to, you know, end up, John, yeah. is on the last chapter. And I'm, I'm grateful that 21 is in there. Again, that's kind of a technical, there's a lot of technical debate over how chapter 21 uh, fits with the rest of the book and at what point was it written and, you know, who, who wrote it and, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Right. And, of course, we, you know, I presented what I thought on Sunday, and that is that this is from John and, he yeah. wrote it, and he wrote it for this reason, the reason to show what happened to Peter and the reason to highlight Jesus. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but there you go. So yeah. we, we, have, we haven't ended John. We'll be back at yeah, some point. But that's right. this series we did. Yeah, I, this is just one of the greatest scenes, I feel like, in, in the Bible for mm-hmm. me. And, I mean, there's a lot of great ones, obviously. But just the picture of the risen Savior, victorious, God in the flesh, cooking Peter fish. Mm. That's just unbelievable. Mm. Like, you know, cause I think sometimes we, we all have a, in our minds of what, you know, we think Jesus should have done to Peter, you know, mm. but he's patient and mm-hmm. loving and kind, but also he, there's a rebuke there. Mm, it yeah. doesn't, he doesn't stay back, but it's just, yeah, it's just beautiful, gentle, but yet firm. It's mm-hmm. all in one and how Jesus because he's perfect, right? Yeah. And how he reveals that is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's a feeling passage. Yeah, uh, you get feelings in it. Uh-huh. Um, Peter, uh, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yeah, more than these. <laughs> do you love me? Yeah. And then, you know, the third time Jesus asked him that, it says he was grieved. Peter yeah. was grieved that he said to him a third time. It's a feeling passage. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that to me, that to me, you know, it, it we, we of course we believe it's real. It's it's the historical account of Jesus restoring mm-hmm. Peter, but it it even makes it more real. Yeah. To me. Yeah. That he that there's there's raw human feeling mm-hmm. here. Yeah. As Peter the man is grieved over his denial of Jesus, and Jesus three times reminds him of each time he denied being a disciple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brings him to the point of grief, the point of confess, and and then the point of confession of his love, and then recommissions him yeah. to tend after God's people. Yeah, there's a lot of lot there. We can yeah. go on and on. Yeah. I can repreach it, Justin. I know. Move well, me on. <laughs> well, I know. Well, and I, I again, I think one of the things that caught my attention on Sunday was that you know as he's cooking this fish, it's this. Jesus had this way, you saw it throughout the Gospels, of welcoming people in, mm-hmm. even in their brokenness. Mm-hmm. Like, come and sit. Come come and be with me mm-hmm. and see who I, see how I'm here to fix your brokenness, to fix mm-hmm. your sin. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's why he came. And mm-hmm. there, sometimes I, I, you know, again, in my head, I think of this guy with the folded arms and like, how could you? But 
And again, there's a rebuke, but there's also this calling to come, which is just beautiful. So that was great. So one of the questions I want to ask, and it's because we we talk in the office, and I think I've heard you over the last two sermons, especially the last two or three, of, man, there's so much here that I wish I could spend more time on. And if you look back at chapter 21, is there anything in there that jumped out at you more than maybe the past times you studied John 21? And was there any, if you could have one more sermon or one more opportunity, what's something that you wish you could have had more time with? Well, um, yes, I can, I can answer that because there, there is, there is something. So in John 21, there, for people who haven't heard the sermon, we've alluded to it, but for people who haven't heard the sermon, it's that famous scene where Jesus First of all, Peter denied Jesus three times. He denied being a disciple of Jesus three times in the Gospel of John. And so now Jesus has been crucified, been raised from the dead, and he's met his disciples. The third appearance recorded in John, he's on a shore uh, of the Sea of Tiberias, and he's on the shore there, and he's got the food, and then he looks at Peter, and he says, Do you love me? Peter says, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. And he says, Feed my sheep. Okay, that cycle with some variation happens three times, and and, and it is about Jesus bringing Peter to the contrition and the confession of three times denying him. Hmm. Because Jesus' intent through this grief is to bring him to repentance and also to the experience of his great grace and to restore him so that Peter, this man who denied Jesus, can hmm. get up and follow him. So that, yeah. That's the thing that we know about John 21. Yeah. And that's the way. It, that's the way he says it. Follow me. Yeah. Well, I think this time reading this and just meditating on it, I think I was struck more than I have been in the past by by the next thing that Jesus said. Hmm. Jesus said after he said, "Feed my sheep." The third time, Jesus said, "When you were young, you dressed yourself and you walked wherever you wanted." When you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. And then John narrates, This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to Peter, Follow me. Hmm. The thing that struck me Hmm. was that after the restoration... Yeah. After the grace, after the forgiveness, hmm. and Peter's relieved, you would think that the story would end there. Right. All of heaven is rejoicing because <laughs> a sinner has yeah. repented. Yeah. And it doesn't. Hmm. Jesus immediately predicts how Peter's going to die. Right. And this whole stretching out your hands is a reference to being stretched out, stretching out to be tied to the cross, to the Mm -hmm. cross beam across the shoulders. He's telling Peter, you're going to be crucified like I was. Yeah. And then the very next words are, follow me. Hmm. So there's a lot of things going on here that you don't expect. You don't expect Jesus to start talking about Peter's death right after he's, after this, this joyous restoration. And then you don't expect for Jesus to say to Peter, Follow me right after he told him he's going to die if he does it. Yeah. <laughs> but there it is. Yeah. And I just 
walked away going, okay, the calling, yes, Jesus forgives me of my sin and has washed me. I've been bathed and he's washed me. You know, I've, I've yeah. been that once for all bath that he talked about yeah. in chapter 13, and he's regularly washing me, forgiving me of my ongoing sins, and I'm restored. And yet, and there's joy in heaven over that, and yet I'm we are called to follow him regardless of what happens. Yeah. And yeah, there's suffering involved in yeah. that. It was for Peter. Yeah, yeah. And then Peter writes First and Second Peter, and First Peter is just full of yep. the call, the calling to suffer with Christ to share in His glory. Yeah. yeah. So that that's what I that was the kind of the new thing that I I spent a little bit of time on it on on Sunday. I could have preached a whole sermon on just that. Yeah. But I think that was the thing that I came away with. It's like okay. Yeah, you know this is this is a lifelong with lifelong calling to follow Jesus, and it and it's not going to be easy. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so that's so helpful that you you mentioned that because I think it's it's it can be easy for us to assume that it can, we can be tempted to assume that we follow Jesus and things get better. Mm-hmm. But as we see in the New Testament, as we see definitely Acts that follows the Gospels. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was marked with suffering for the early church. Yeah. I mean, it was not, life did not get easier for Paul. It got worse. Well, exactly. And think about both Paul and Peter. Think about it. I mean, so Peter, he says at the beginning of John 21, he says, I'm going fishing. Why did he say that? He said that because he was a fisherman. Yeah. Like he just went to work. Yeah. And he, he could have just gotten up and gone to work every day. Yeah. Lived a normal Jewish fisherman life. Yeah. And died. And that, you know, but, and, and we say, yeah, but when he followed Jesus, he became the famous apostle. Wait a minute. When he followed Jesus, he became the apostle who suffered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. That who would be crucified. Exactly. Yeah. He, yeah. he he became the the apostle who experienced what he experienced so that he could write First Peter with a real sense of yeah. integrity. <laughs> yeah. He suffered. So, but, so here's the question. You know, number one, why would Jesus say, follow me? And number two, why would Peter do it? And Jesus says, follow me, because following Jesus is the way to true life. Yeah. Life beyond this life. Life in this life with God. Life beyond this life with God. Yeah. Why would Peter do it? Because he saw in Jesus somebody who was worth suffering for. Right. In order to have as life and yeah. fellowship and love. Yeah. And do, don't you think, too, it's part of it is, you know, that Peter had been reborn, that his <laughs> eyes had been opened, right? And exactly. he had seen who Jesus really was. And not that it made the suffering always fun or easy, but it was, I can walk through this mm-hmm. because I know who I'm walking towards. You mm-hmm. know, it was like, okay, I I, I get this because my eyes have been opened. Mm-hmm. And it's the Savior. Mm-hmm. And no, it may not be easy, but... But I, I, like you said, yeah, I, I I've found I found life. I've seen him. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that's tremendous. That thinking through that narrative, like you said, of how here's the suffering, and then right follow me mm-hmm. uh, right through it. The other question that I would love to ask, and maybe we can end our time here, is if you look back at the entire book of John mm-hmm. that you preached. Um, you said over 60 sermons, I think. It was about 60. About 60. Think, just a sermon or two short. Yeah, 60, sermon two. Yeah. Um, what, was there any themes that stood out for you 
um, especially as you think about how it can help us as a congregation. Mm-hmm. From the whole gospel. Yeah, John. from the whole gospel, John. Um, yes, let's see. I think I would say it is the vision of Christ, yeah. the vision of Jesus that was put before us. Yeah. And why, so what do you mean by that? Okay. And then why was that important? Do you think healthy for a congregation? Uh, if you read John, you, there is, there is there's so many themes in there and so many ways of looking at it. But one of them that you see in there, in John, is the idea of seeing Mm-hmm. It even starts that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, two disciples of John. John says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The two disciples who hear John say that, see Jesus walking by. They go, at, they go follow Jesus. He turns. What are you looking for? Rabbi, where are you staying? Come and you will see, Jesus said. Come and you will see. First, mm-hmm. Some of the first words out of Jesus' mouth, come and you will see. Mm-hmm. That's, that means something. Yeah. It doesn't just mean, come check out my pad. It means, <laughs> come and you will see. Right. John's always writing like that. Yeah. Come and you will see means, yeah, come and you'll see my apartment. Yeah. But it also means come and you will see me. You yeah. will get vision. Yeah. That's the way John writes yeah. his gospel. So it starts out that way. And, and, that it, and then, all, then the rest of John is John, the writer, giving us scene after scene, sign after sign, saying after saying of Jesus so we can see him with the eyes of our heart. So we can have vision. And because it's only in seeing Jesus with the eyes of our heart as the Spirit allows us to see Him that we will see Him as worthy of following even to our own death. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I mean, I, what that was the theme that I kept coming away with is look at Jesus again. Look, what, look at what He did. Look, listen to what He said. See in this man a man like no other. Yeah. Totally unique like us but not like us yeah. like us in his humanness but beyond us in his divinity his deity yeah the word made flesh see him and see him as the son of god uh you know see him as the lamb of god who takes away the sins of the world see him as the light of the world see him as all these things and then your heart is stirred to believe him and and to follow him that, that's to me that was kind of like the big thing that kept i kept coming back to every week working yeah. on this yeah and, and meditating on this and then why do you think that's helpful for us as a congregation mm-hmm. because to me no not to me to the to uh, it, it is in the bible it is what it means to be a christian yeah it means to follow jesus christ yeah to to the christian the title christian came to people first because their lives were defined by christ yeah and that means they saw him so there's a one way to approach this whole thing is to say, okay, here are the laws, here are the rules, follow these, and you will then be in the group, you'll be in the religion. Mm-hmm. All right. But that's not genuine Christianity. Genuine mm-hmm. Christianity is see the person, repent of your sin, believe in the person, follow the person. And you will be a Christian. You are a Christian. So why is it important for us? Is because we follow a person mm-hmm. instead of we follow these traditions or we right. go by these steps or we achieve these these uh, standards or we tick off these boxes. You know that's yeah. not the way it works. It's follow this person. Yeah. 
And John, all the Gospels do, the Bible does, puts the person of Jesus before us. And we have to see him and believe in him before we're going to follow him mm-hmm. and then be conformed to his image. And you know the rest of the Gospel mm-hmm. story. Conformed to his image. And then when he returns, we are brought into his glory. That that has to happen. You see? Yeah. So... I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah. I'm kind of preaching again. You can tell I don't well, know. Well, and I think, John, yeah, no, that's right. I think what I'm hearing you say is that when we have this vision of Jesus as a congregation, mm-hmm. that it begins to shape everything that we do. Yeah. Like you, I think you just said earlier something to the effect of we are defined by him. Mm-hmm. It, it changes everything. Yes. It's because now we're defined by him. That changes how we live. That changes how we talk. That changes how we interact. That changes yeah. everything about us. Yes, well, absolutely. And you you use the word congregation, and yeah. I think that's where I would like to close. Okay. Yes, it changes me as an individual. And yes, I am an individual follower of Jesus. Right. Jesus said to Peter, yeah. hey, if I want John to remain until I come, to live until I come, what's that yeah. to you? You follow yeah. me. All right. So it's individual. But you mentioned congregation, and this is what I would say about how this helps, how the vision of Jesus helps us. We as a church want to be defined by Christ. Yeah. Think about a local congregation where somebody who doesn't know Christ could come to know Christ or, or, or is thinking about Christ could, could actually point to a place, and they wouldn't articulate it like this because they probably wouldn't have enough Christian understanding to articulate it, but they would feel, they would sense this. That's a place where those people believe in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That's a place that if I really wanted to know about Jesus Christ, I could go there and find out about Jesus Christ. That's a place that would teach me how to really live like a Christian if I became a Christian. That's a place that has their minds set on this person named Jesus Christ. See, that's what we would want. And, and, and the only way we'll ever have that is if we keep putting the vision of Christ before us as a congregation. Yeah. That would be a beautiful thing, and that's yeah. what we hope for. Well, uh, it was a wonderful 16 months about in the book of John, and I think you're right. It's a great place to end to say, let's have that vision before us as a congregation mm-hmm. so that we are defined by following Jesus mm-hmm. and be known by that mm-hmm. around us in the city that we are a church mm-hmm. defined by Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, Great. thanks. Great time in John. All right, man. All right.